Christie tells us about the time she was surprised by Steve Harvey. There was a surprise behind the surprise. So let's talk about the award with Steve Harvey and then what the surprise was you got while you were on the show. Yeah. So Steve Harvey um, had seen me somewhere. I'm not, I'm not sure where, but he calls my, or he has somebody call my office. And so my right hand, my writer died. It's been with me forever. And she and I have learned this industry together. Her name is Kristen Brown. Um, she, she said, Steve Harvey wants you to be on his show. And I go, family feud. And she said, no, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know he had a top 10 show. answers are on the board. Name the yeah. dog that you don't want to have bite you in the ass. A porn right. dog, a Belgian <laughs> noir porn dog. Welcome to Game of Crimes. God bless you. God bless you. That's fantastic. And that if I just knew that there was a problem, I it took that many anvils falling on my head to go, wait a minute. Canines, you know, I'm, I'm sure like everything else, I'm sure SWAT has budget issues. I'm sure, you know, everybody every does. specialized department. Everybody right. does. So let's so let's talk about getting your PhD in caninology. Yeah. Um, because this story is long from over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So as you know us, too. So let's talk about starting this. So you and your husband donated the first five dogs. I don't want to say that's easy, but that's easy because now you got to raise money and now you have to come up with a way and a program. You have to find the dogs. You have to find the training. People say, well, hey, I've got this great dog down at the shelter. Sorry. Oh. Chihuahuas don't exactly uh, yeah. an attack, chihuah attack chihuahuas might grab your ankles, but they're usually not good for patrol canines. So let's talk about some of the things you had to learn to get to the point of where you are today. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, what is it? Crawl before you can walk. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I can park, probably park in the handicap for the rest of my life now because my knees are permanently disabled. <laughs> um, let's see. So yes, everybody is like, well, why don't you just go to the shelter and just have the dogs trained? That is it. I'm convinced when Charlize Theron or Angelina Jolie or whoever plays me in the Disney movie that, that's, I'm sure, what they'll do just for, you know, uh, for the feel good. Yeah. But it just doesn't work that way. I mean, you just can't, um, you know, we want to make sure. I'm not saying that if you had 100 dogs, one of them wouldn't work out. But it's just so much of an investment that of trying to get these dogs trained. And and I don't, we don't train the dogs. So um, Canines for Cops, pardon me, my ear fell out. Canines for Cops just gifts the dog already trained. So we have a dozen vendors all over the United States. And so whatever department is close, you know, if you're in Vermont and you say, I'd like to choose your vendor in Wisconsin, or I'd like to choose your vendor in Southern California or your vendor in Austin or Alabama. So getting to that point of, you know, you obviously, cause you want to find uh, vetted, you know, certified people to do this. What are the different types of canines that you're working on providing to everybody? Oh gosh, you name it. We've given it. So of course there's narcotic, there's explosive. Uh, I give also um, what's called a mobile odor detection dog. 
and it detects, um, whereas a bomb dog is going to come in and find something that's stationary. So like we see on CSI, you know, the, the dynamite taped under the table. So that dog is going to find, you know, where the red and the blue cord are. Uh, a mobile odor dog, which are about $50,000, are single purpose dogs. They do not bite. And usually they're like labs or, or uh, pointers, things like that. And they'll go into a crowd. So let's say it's a Super Bowl or an SEC game or the national championship. They'll go through and they find plumes of odor. So if somebody's been handling C4 or handling a, a weapon or something like, you know, that they have gunshot on them, um, they can smell that up to two weeks old, up to a mile away. Wow. Dang it. I thought if I just took a shower and everything, I'd be okay. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we thought so too, but we were proven wrong once again. <laughs> yeah, much speaking of mobile odor detection. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, 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 you know, that's, I find that fascinating too, because uh, a few years ago, I was the senior law enforcement advisor for the Republican National Convention. It was down in Tampa. And I mean, Secret Service, I mean, they've got some amazing dogs. So does the FBI. But the, the whole thing is the threat has changed, you know, the types of things we look for. And these dogs are, I've seen demonstrations of where they will hide a handgun in a mall and the officer has no idea where it is and they have to go find the handgun, you know, and it's just because of that smell and stuff, you know, you, you can find it. I just think it, these, what these dogs can do is just so amazing. But the funny ones though, I think are the ones you see with customs where they, they are, uh, dogs that they use for sniffing for fruit and other vegetables, but they're the little yeah. beagles and stuff. They don't yeah. look very vicious. The beagles, right. They're cute. You want to pet them. <laughs> now don't pet them. But, but so talk about, the, so you've given these dogs away. How do you, what's the process for an agency that wants to get a dog? How, what things do they have to prove to you? Cause you, you got, you just can't say we want a dog. No, there's a lot that goes with the dog. It's like raising a kid as we all know, right? There's more to it than just say, Hey, I'd like a kid. You know, what, what do you have to do to get mm -hmm. a dog? Um, well, they go to our website, K9s, K number nine S number four cops.org. And there is a place on there to. And we'll put all of this on the webpage. We'll have all of this stuff on our webpage. Yep. And then you can go, there's a button on there to apply, or there's a button on there to donate if anybody else compelled to. And so they go on and they fill it out. And it's a pretty simple, uh, uh, it just kind of gives us some background. If they're starting a new canine unit or if they already have a canine unit and they're supplementing it a little bit about their history. And we try to make sure we go out of our way to help everybody. If, you know, we just don't say we turn everybody down maybe a while before we get to them, but we, we make sure that we touch everybody that asks for it. And so they fill that out and then we, we grant once a quarter. So every three months, and then those requests or those applications will go before my law enforcement board. So I have three amazing uh, officers, Sergeant Chris Moore, a retired Sergeant Stuart Red, and a Deputy Ted Dolan that the organization was based on. And they then will call those their commands and the Wait offices. Wait a minute. The officer whose dog was killed? That you saw in the movie on the news that night, he's he's one of the ones on your board. Yes, or you're, no, he, uh, uh, yes. no kidding. So he and I are like, pfft, we always laugh. I call him. I, I'm like his life wife. I mean, you know, some of these guys. It's so funny. I mean, like I I have my three. I had four, and rest in peace. One of my my very first officer that ever helped me 
passed away two Fridays ago of a heart attack. Oh, and, man. um, yeah. And his dog just passed away last week of cancer. Oh, so, um, but my other, my other three guys are still with me and they're my everything. And it, it's so funny because it's like, I feel so intertwined. It's, it's very difficult, you know, having 300 and something departments, um, you can't, in the beginning, I'd say, you know, how did your son do in the T-ball practice? Or how did your daughter do in gymnastics? And now you can't, it's just too big. I can't keep up with all the people anymore. So my guys are a great buffer for me. They kind of interact with all my law enforcement. Let's continue on from that because the dogs, they do things. And one of the things that came off of your site is over the years that you've been providing these dogs, they have in terms of seizing uh, and recovering, you know, capturing, they've captured fugitives and stuff, but just in the pure amount of just things like drugs, I think your website says you estimate the street value close to $2 billion. So the amount of dope that's been taken and drugs and dangerous stuff that's been taken off the street. Yes, it's over that. And, um, yeah, something like, um, 25,000 felony arrests and hundred thousand weapons and, it just, the, the, it's, the list just goes on and on. It's amazing. When I first started doing this, somebody gave me some great advice and they said, keep your powder dry. And I said, okay, I've heard that before, but I don't really know what that means. And they said, don't be the lady that just gives dogs. Be the lady that makes an impact. I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of the plan. And they said, uh, no, um, you know, keep up with the impact that you make. I was like, okay. Well, so then I was at a Texas A&M football game and I saw uh, Johnny football doing his thing. And, you know, Johnny Manziel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He runs, runs for 5,000 yards, you know, at a hundred miles an hour. I mean, I don't know, whatever it is. With 68 gallons of blood in him. 68 gallons of blood. That's right. (laughs) And, uh, you know, all these, all these stats. And then it dawned on me, that's what each one of my dogs have to have is their own history that comes with them, follows them no matter what. So part of, you know, the gifting process is that um, every, there's a time period, you know, every um, so many weeks, the officers turn in all their data and their stats to us. So if they, everything from, if it's just a uh, narcotic dog, or maybe it's a lithium battery dog. Well, hey, uh, Talk about that for a second. That's interesting. Why, why would you have a dog sniff lithium batteries? Thumb drives. So remember Jared, the little uh, porky pedo pedophile that had the, the subway eyes? guy? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> the formerly porky pedo. Yeah, uh, the guy with the short eyes. He, um, he, that's how he got busted was his thumb drive. They found it on a, on a computer drive. And so I had one of my sheriffs call me and he says, I need a porn dog. I said, a corn dog? And he said, a porn dog. And I said, I thought you said porn dog. I know. He did. He said porn dog. And I said, well, sheriff, these dogs don't read. Well, half the deputies in our department are porn yeah. dogs. <laughs> so I'm oh, sorry. Said, oh, we got to get a shirt for that. I'm a certified porn dog. So anyway, they, um, they, he wanted a, a dog to sniff you know, electronics. 
so that's um, we, I'm we, glad we, you we, said electronics after that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, but yeah. that's, go ahead. You're being, you're, you're being very humble too with your numbers because I'm looking at your website here. Uh, and I'm just going to read some of these out because I'm damn so proud of what you're doing. Uh, Canines for Cops have recovered $19.2 million in illegal cash, over $13 million worth of marijuana, over $7 million of heroin. Oh, that's just on one bust. You're kidding. Yeah, These no, are just. Earlier this year, I had um, a cold stop in uh, Fayette County. And it was $140 million in raw fentanyl. Fayette County, what state? Uh, Texas. It's enough to kill three times the size of Texas. It, it just keeps going. I mean, the, folks, take a look at this freaking website. It's unbelievable. This is one of the best websites I've ever seen. And I love seeing these success stories here. Uh, <laughs> so you're leading right into it, Steve. Let's talk. Let's let's take on. Let's let's talk about a couple of those stories that stick out to you. Um in terms of the success they had. So we, we kind of asked you this before we got started. So uh, let's talk about this one, if you want to, in Fayette County. I mean, uh, yeah. or the one that you're familiar with. How did, you know, how did it come about? Um, what happened with it? And, you know, obviously you guys find out about it. So let's let's talk about the stop. Well, um, my guy, I have a couple of really superstar um, interdiction guys and my guy in Fayette Steve, County. Steve, wait a minute. You notice how she says she's that they're my guys now. My guys. You know? Oh yeah. No, they're, they're guys. definitely my guys. Literally. Absolutely. And I'll bet you that your guys will do anything in the world for you as well. They yeah. will. They will. Yep. And you know, my husband always says it takes a really, um, strong man to have 300 men have your wife on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> All hours of the night. Especially when half of them have porn dogs. Yeah, exactly. They want porn dogs from a playmate. What could go wrong with that equation? I, all I can imagine is me trying to explain that to my wife, honey. Okay, yes, April ninety six. I get it. I don't have the issue. Yes, uh, yes. She, me and three hundred other guys talk with her all the time. You know. Yeah. I can imagine That's this fantastic. explanation going on. Yeah. So, uh, you know, imagine when it comes down to something like that. That. Um, and, and I'm kind of feeling my way as I'm going. I mean, you know, so the first few years, yes, we've had nothing but success. But, I mean, there was no manual. So since no one else had done this, it's not like I was starting a Meals on Wheels that had been done, you know, that there was a format how to do it. Um, and at first, when I first started this, a lot of departments weren't, uh, let's see, didn't really know how to accept me. I mean, you know, they were kind of like, uh, you know, what's this lady? She's not really, she's not a cop, but, uh, you know, I mean, I had no problem with Harris County. They're wonderful. But when other departments started applying, you know, it, you know, telling my story on repeat is um, kind of the norm because people are like, how'd you get started in this if you're not a cop? And then it, how it's kind of, you know, tank rolled into what it, what it has. I can remember having dinner with uh, Bill Bratton, who was uh, New York's police commissioner. And he said, so was your dad a cop? And I said, no. Granddad, sheriff, uncle, brother? No. Nope. Uh, he said, so nothing? I said, nope. He said, and you wanted to be in this business. I said, no, right? I said, yeah. And he goes, I need to ask you. 
He said, do you ever get bullied or hit on or, you know, I said, you know, I, I've never really thought about it, but maybe now that you mention it, I do. And I just, I'm too naive to know it. And I remember in the beginning asking these guys like for their stats and, you know, when I was just getting started and I had like less than 10 dogs on the street. Hey guys, do you think if you mind, you could fill out that little sheet that I sent you, it would just take like two minutes and then have your command signed it. Just, just if it's okay, just, I don't want to bother anybody. You know, now it's like, turn your shit in or I'm coming to get your dog. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not your mama. Pick up your own shit. I'm not, you know, I don't know who in the hell you people think you are. Um, but, you know, now it's just like, I, you know, they, all my cops, they, they love their wives, of course, but they all fuss about their wives, about how dramatic, you know, their wives or their daughters or their whatever are. And I said, I never want to hear y'all say anything about women ever again, because y'all are like a bunch of drag queens that have all ride shared in a damn lift van to a wig sale and you'll have half off coupons. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it's just like, you guys are too much. Y'all kill me. Y'all kill me. But Steve, real quick, you know, this reminds me of is when we uh, interviewed Michelle Linhart and she was uh-huh. on Baltimore PD. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, Christy, uh, Michelle became the first DEA agent female who headed the DEA, but she was on a shift where the guys did not want to tell their wives that they were working with another woman because they're afraid of what their wives are going to think. So what did they call her? Charlie or something? It was Charlie. Mike. Or Mike. 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 It was Mike. <laughs> <laughs> You'd love her, Christy. You'd love her. Oh, She's no. a sweet lady. Hey, I do want to ask, we'll talk about that. I did Something popped up, and, and I remembered it because I just pulled it up off the internet, which the queen of the internet is on here, so it just makes sense. Something very personal to me. Um, in November of 2015, uh, there was Islamic... Uh, terrorist attacks in Paris. And during one of the raids, one of the police dogs for a unit was killed. And you guys did something I thought was just uh, just above and beyond. So tell us about Liberté. Liberté. So I was at um, my a, a friend of ours, a child's fifth birthday, and I'm walking in with my daughter, you know, holding presents. And um, my phone goes off and it's an update and, you know, it's a news report about the bombing in Paris. And I immediately see on there that, you know, a suicide bomber took out a canine. So I call the um, ambassador to uh, France that lives the, uh, um, what do you call it? The, the uh, not consult with the, uh, the consulate? Consulate, yes, thank you. He lived around the corner from my house. And so I called him and I said, hey, um, this is what just happened. And of course, he was aware. And I said, I want to give a dog. I said, but, you know, it's going to take me some time to get it going. I'm going to need at least like a week or so. And I won't say that the French were hard to deal with, <clears throat> But let's just say I gave up French fries for probably a year. <laughs> We've now renamed them Freedom Fries. They're Freedom Fries. Yes. And, just, and when when it happened, I guess it was in Belgium. They had you know another bombing, and I said, "Just tell them we went out of business." If they call, just they they are they are they're extra. What was the issue that they didn't want something from an American? Or oh no no. So we had this big 
pomp and circumstance. And we met in Washington, D.C. and we met in New York City and gave, you know, I said, you gave us the Statue of Liberty, uh, you know, Liberté, and this is the dog. And we did all the handoff. Initially, they said, I said, look, we get our dogs from Europe. Why don't you just go over to my vendor in Europe and pick what you want? And then I'll take care of everything on my end. No, we want the dog's passport stamped American. I said, okay, well, dogs really don't have passports. They have, you know, they call them passports or whatever, but it it's not going to be, it's going to come from Europe, the dog. So I had to ship the dog to America just to ship the dog back. And their dogs over there all have to be uh, so many inches. They have to be male. They have to be fawn. No white on their chest. They have to have a white, a black muzzle. I said, what is this, the Rockettes? I mean, I've never heard of anybody dropping their bomb or their weapon because nobody didn't match. Unbelievable. But what kind of dog did you, what kind of dog Belgian did you end up Malinois. giving? Belgian Malinois. And tell people about these dogs because they are like freaking awesome. Yes, they are. Um, I'm not encouraging people to go out and go get one because... Then they get them. Don't try and, this at home, kids. Yes. Yes. Don't try this at home. I, as I'm looking at both of mine, um, they are live wires. They are very, very, very smart. They're in the shepherd family, but they're a lot um, thinner in body, they're a lot leaner, more aerodynamic, um, weigh a little less, a little smaller, but they're very fast, 30 to 35 miles an hour, a very, very strong bite. Uh, four or 500 pounds per square inch. And they're same. the dog that um, got Osama bin Laden was a Belgian Malinois. So they use Belgian Mals in the military because um, they're so fast and they're agile. And again, they're brilliant. And you ought to see the pictures when the uh, SEALs and the other special forces people jump. They've got their dog on the front of their chest. It's got mm -hmm. a muzzle on there to protect them. And they're jumping out. These dogs are like, oh, this is my favorite thing to do. If you thought sticking your head out of a window at 30 miles an hour was fun, <laughs> yes. wait till you jump out of the back of a C-130. Yeah. Right, exactly. And you've seen oh. those. I've seen those with, they have oxygen masks on. They have goggles yep. on. They're really cool looking. Well, so when uh, Cairo, which was uh, the uh, seal, Will Chesney's horse, uh, horse dog, that, um, you know, when they went in to Pakistan to find Osama, he had his little GoPro on the back. So they send the dog in first so they can kind of get, get a lay of the land of, you know, the layout of where they need to go in and where the bad guy is. So Operation Neptune Spirit, my one quick aside is... When I was telling you being down there in Florida for the Republican National Convention, one of the sidelights, sidelines we did, highlights, we got to go to the uh, CENTCOM, which is at MacDill Air Force Base for a classified briefing and all this good stuff. And the major general takes us into this thing called the CPOC, which is the central point of command, I think it's called. And then he says, hey, you guys want to see something else? And I'm, we're all like, yeah. Takes us into this real small room. And it's called the FPOC, the forward point of command. And there's this desk that's just flat. He hits a button and out of the desk rise all of these phones. And I was had happened to had work for Cisco. So they're all Cisco phones, you know, hardened and stuff. And I, I instantly I got to say, okay, which phone? He pointed at the phone. I touched it. That was the phone that the commanding general gave the order to launch Operation Neptune Spear to get Osama bin Laden. The order was given in a little small room at CENTCOM. 
and which launched all of these guys. And it was like, I didn't wash my finger for like six months. I think it was, it's like, <laughs> stay away from the finger. You don't, you don't get it. Done. Anyway, we diverge. We go back to this because I mean, this is like, yeah. Uh, if I remember right too, for the dog, they had to hold off on even recognizing the dog because even the dog at that point and the identity and what they did was classified because these things are targets. Right. They're targets right. by the bad, yeah. bad actors. Right. And, um, you know, when we, when the same thing in, in what we do, there are certain um, officers that we, you know, promote every, all of our team members on uh, social media. And there's certain officers that we can't. Maybe they're, you know, working alongside our special force right. with, you know, um, Ida or DEA. There's a Mal now. <laughs> well, hello, sweetie. What's that one's name? Does he uh, have anything in his jaws? <laughs> uh, actually, he's, uh, bless his heart, he's got a tennis ball. He just, Anything to I have two of them. One is Batu and the other one is Liza. For and, Liza uh, Minnelli? Yeah, yeah. Liza, Liza is extra. Um, and my two of my vendors were wonderful enough. Um, Batu is retired. He uh, broke a leg or fractured a leg or hip. And so he's living the best life here on my ranch. And uh, Liza is just extra. Sweet. Any issues with the dogs around your, your, your daughter? No, she's, uh, no. And she was, and she's been raised around them. So, but you know, again, it's not a, um, a lot of how what's evolved is more social, uh, canines in our industry where remember, I'm sure when y'all were first starting out and people had canines and they were just ass eaters. Mm -hmm. They growl, you come close, they'd growl, stay away from canine. They were off that, if they were off their, you know, out of the back of your car or off their chain or whatever was eating somebody. And, you know, now it's not that way anymore. And I was going to tell you our little uh, tie back to Kansas is the same year. I was very busy in 2011. Same year I started Canines for Cups. I was um, at, uh, I had watched along with the rest of the country, uh, Casey Anthony, you know, get off, which um, we all know she was guilty. And so I said, you know, I was telling somebody the next parent that doesn't clip their child's fingernails is going to go to death row. I mean, just they're going to somebody's going to pay for what she did. Well, um, I guess it was two or three months after, um, you know, the sentence. I mean, she was found not guilty. I was in South Texas uh, on a on a on the back of a quail truck <laughs> and I get a phone call from my stepson and he says, are you watching the news? It was a Saturday morning. And I said, no, I said, I'm on the back of a quail truck and I'm hunting. And he says, well, hurry. He says, go. He said, there's a baby that's missing. I said, well, you know, I mean, that happens all the time. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, but you know, how could we possibly know who they, who it is? And he's so a, a young man that he had served six uh, tours in Iraq, um, had lived with, before I came into the picture, had lived with my husband and stepson. And when they, when the kids were little, when they were in school, now they're all adults and a baby, the baby was missing was this young man's cousin. And the baby was nine months old and it was all over national news. And she was baby Lisa and it was in Kansas city. 
And so I talked to the young man that we knew and he said, Chrissy, I'm so scared. He said, look, they're training. They trained me for DEFCON 4. You know, I'm a sniper or whatever. He said, there's news reporters coming through the house. You know, um, I said, is it a, is it a private? Do you think that, you know, like a, a ex-husband or somebody, a family member took the baby? And he said, no, absolutely not. So I said, okay, well, help is on the way. <laughs> My husband says, what the hell does that mean? I go, I don't know. They always say in the movies and it turns out okay. <laughs> so That's positive, ne- positive thinking. Yeah. That's being an optimist. So the next call I made was to some of my board members. And one is Phil Houston. And he spent over 30 years with, CIA, with the CIA. And he was the head of their deception detection. And they call him the human lie detector. And he wrote the book, Spy the Lie. And then I called on my dear friend, Dr. Marisa Rendazzo, and she was, um, or still is, I guess, a um, forensic psychiatrist, and she had, she had spent 10 years with Secret Service as their lead um, psychiatrist. And then uh, I called another board member who was a criminal defense lawyer, a famous one in New York, Joe Tacopina. And I said, look, there's plane tickets waiting for everybody. Just getting the band together. We got to get to Kansas City. We got to save a baby. So I'm sure that, truth be known, I have actually, I do want to say, I have never, ever in public come out and discussed this. Um, I've been asked by a lot of major networks to go on and talk about it and never would admit up until this point just now of having anything to do with it. Um, but I think now with uh, 10 years behind, it's probably, I didn't want to take away anything from the case. Um, so I sent all these people to Kansas City and to help to try to find this baby. And I saw on there that um, that they were considering bringing in, in canines. And so that they were trying. Right on cue. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So I had seen on there that they were considering bringing in canines, but they hadn't done it yet. But as I'm looking, of course, I'm not there, but as I'm looking at this scene, days have gone by. I mean, it's been trampled all over. People have come in and out. I don't know how a dog would get a scent, but okay. Somebody snatched this little nine-month-old baby out of her crib from her home in the middle of the night while her mother and her siblings Uh, Two little boys slept inside. The father comes home from work at five o'clock in the morning and he works in uh, as an electrician and he was working on a Starbucks. He comes in and realizes that their door is ajar and that the door, that the window has been broken out and that she's been taken from the crib. So I, you know, sent all these experts down there and then um, I went by, then I got tagged the um, anonymous benefactor. I don't know, but um, it didn't need to be about me. In other words, people were, um, uh, you know, where are these people coming from? Uh, and the the people that lost their child did not have uh, much financial means. They were on assisted living uh, through the state and things like that. They're a very young couple. 
And so um, Phil Houston met with her and interrogated her for something like 17 hours. And he said, I'm telling you, she didn't do it. So, okay, well, that's all I need to know. I said, I want to put up a reward of $100,000. And he said, um, why? I said, because somebody lost their baby. And I said, I can send canines. I can do whatever. Um, and he said, wait. He said, let's talk about this because you don't want to do something that's going to change, you know, a, a a figure, put a number on it. So it's going to outshine the victim. These are my words, but I mean, you, you understand what Phil's trying to say. In other words, you know, in other words, let's be careful. Let's think about this methodically because we you know we don't want it to become just about a clown show about the number and not about the baby. So we decided in in the end that 100,000 was the number. And so we put out a press release and held a conference there. I'm sure to this day that Kansas City PD hates me. Um, that, um, But we never found the baby. And this has gone on now. They've done all kinds of specials on, you know, Dr. Phil and uh a&E and Discovery Channel and things like this and discussing the anonymous benefactor. And I just, I don't know. It's hard for me still to talk about. I think it's harder for me to talk about that than it is being attacked. But it still, it drove me crazy to know that somebody on a scene that is going to change somebody's life, whether they're raped and attacked or their child was kidnapped, that they not have enough tools there to do their job. Why did they not have enough canines? Why? I mean, is it because they don't have enough officers? They don't have enough cars? What is it? And I think that's all part, you know, our, I've watched our country kind of sever the past maybe four years. Um, I would say since the chokehold situation in New York, it started going south after that. And then, of course, with the tragedy with George Floyd. And so many people have, you know, want to defund the police and, and you know, they, they, they don't deserve all these things that they have. They're doing a thankless job. And I think if we could just get people into community relation, relationing, 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 <laughs> I'm saying that word, uh, more that this could solve a lot of our problems. You know, when I started uh, right after Sandy Hook, I started uh, Canines for Kids. And it's the same format as Canines for Cops, but it doesn't have cops in the name because some people are assholes and don't like cops. Um, but as I tell people, if you've got money and you don't keep a child safe in an environment to learn and you won't write a check for that, you're a jerk. You're just a jackass. Kids shouldn't be forced to learn in a place that they're worried that somebody has a gun, somebody's pushing dope on them, uh, somebody's going to come in and shoot them. Um, arming teachers is not the answer. Uh, I'm a member of the NRA. I'm a lifetime member, and I'm a hunter. And arming teachers is not the answer. 
You know, we don't ask for their essay, you know, what they scored on certain things. It's not reading, writing in Remington. They don't go to school to learn to do this job. That's very well said. And and the, the success of Canines for Kids. So you started that in December 2013, right? And so currently, how many dogs do you have in school? Uh, I want to say it's about 30 to 40 different school districts. It's two, two, a little over two and a half million kids a day in school. Yeah, that's my next question. So you've got your canines out there protecting 2.5 million children. And this is through donations. Yes. Not the government's help. <clears throat> right. Not, yeah. And not the French government's help either, because we'd still be waiting on them to serve it with the, you know, fine Chablis. But um, what is, how are the, how are these dogs trained differently from the canines for cops? How are the canines for kids canines different? There's a lot of canines in that statement. So how are these dogs different than the police dogs? And what's their function? And what do, what do yeah. they do? Well, their function is whatever that school department, the school district needs. So if they're saying, look, we have a problem with kids are bringing guns to school, then, you know, we get a gun dog. If it's joke that they're bringing in school, then, you know, if it's something explosives, it's just whatever it is that they need, highly likely it's going to be a dope dog. And then that dog is a very social, look, any dog can bite, a chihuahua can bite. I mean, but, but that dog, we make sure it goes through a lot of extra endurance and training to make sure it's a social, social, social dog. Because the last thing you want to see is a, is a child innocently bit by a dog. Who oh, absolutely mis- not. And, you know, somebody asked me one time, well, what if my kid's allergic to dogs? I said, well, is your kid allergic to shrapnel? Because I've never met anybody not allergic to shrapnel. Yeah. There's a, there's a million what ifs out there. It's, right. Oh, jeez. What's my favorite saying? Murph, what if what if worms had machine guns? Birds wouldn't fuck with them. Now, would they? That's right. So, I mean, we That's could put right. it far away all the way down here. But the point about it is, you know, what I appreciate what you're doing, Christy, it, you took action. It's like you didn't know what you were doing at the first, but that's okay. You dove in. You started calling a bunch of people. You started making things happen. And out of that, you get this momentum. Um, but it, it's not stopping there. Like I said, what you— what you did with the French, just even, even though it took a while. The other thing too, about that story is you remember that movie Clint Eastwood made about the three soldiers that were yeah, on the train. So he was with me. That's Spencer. I was about to say what, I mean, you talk about being in the company of heroes. I mean, oh, you're donating Spencer's the dog. Amazing. So Spencer stone, if you don't know, it's the 1517 to Paris. So Clint Eastwood, um, they were the three young friends and they were on that train to Paris and they had a weekend and Spencer was in the service and they were just going to blow it out. And, you know, I don't know, took the train down to Lyon, took it to somewhere. And so they were coming back and they were in the back of the train and they were hung over and a terrorist had gone into the bathroom and had a, a, a automatic weapon. And they heard him when he locked it into gear and they immediately sat up and realized what was going on. And they took him down and saved everybody on that train. And so Spencer, when I was, he was with me and um, he was with me in DC as uh, I was getting that award. He was getting an award too from France. And he said, Clint Eastwood is talking about having me play myself. (laughs) And I said, you should. (laughs) And then he did. And I just was so proud of him. He's such a great, great guy. 
Well, I want to ask you about that because speaking of some awards, there's another one too, uh, Miss Queen of the Internet. Um, you've been on television, you've done some things, but I thought one of the best ones was Steve Harvey brought you on, but he that wasn't the surprise. So there was a surprise behind the surprise. So let's talk about the award with Steve Harvey and then what the surprise was you got while you were on the show. Yeah. So Steve Harvey um, had seen me somewhere. I'm not, I'm not sure where, but he calls my, or he has somebody call my office. And so my right hand, my writer died. It's been with me forever. And she and I have learned this industry together. Her name is Kristen Brown. Um, she, she said, Steve Harvey wants you to be on his show. And I go family feud. And she said, no, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know he had a Top 10 show. answers are on the board. Name the yeah. dog that you don't want to have bite you in the ass. A porn right. dog, a Belgian <laughs> noir porn dog. And how many gallons of blood does it have in it? Um, yeah, so I, I'm like, he has another show? She goes, oh, no, he has a talk show. She And it came on like at a weird hour in Houston on a on a obscure channel, but like at 2 in the morning. So um, I said, oh, okay, well, when are we all going? And she says, no. Um, they can't have, uh, Ted, the one that I, you know, started the organization for, he and I really go around and do our thing and we tell our story and it's great. And we have the, the, you know, cliff notes version. We have the Disney version. We have the not so Disney version. We have the, you know, saltier language version. And she's like, yeah, Ted can't make it. He's got something he's got to be at. They don't want any dogs there. I said, what do you mean they don't want any dogs there? And she said, yeah, just in case anybody's allergic or they, I said, so wait, you want me to get on TV with him and tell the story and you don't want a dog with me or a cop? And she said, no. I said, nobody cares. Nobody's going to tune in. Um, You know, let me tell you what I did with the cops that I didn't bring with me and the dogs that I don't have with me. I said, I look stupid. And she said, no, I was so upset. I missed the first taping because I refused to come out because I'm just like, this is just, maybe he wants to bash cops. Like who would have me on to talk about canines that you don't have a cop or a canine? I mean, it's just me basically talking. I mean, this is just stupid. So I'm in the green room and I said, I have to go to the bathroom. So they had these big, burly bodyguard guys walk me literally six feet across the hall to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, okay. So I come back. I said, I have to go to the bathroom an hour later. I have bathroom again. I said, y'all don't need to walk me. And well, they have, it's either 10 or 12 of my cops that each have mouths and they are locked in a room together for four or five hours. Now, can you imagine being with all of those type A dogs with those guys? And so now that I've missed the first taping, they're all stuck in there. And so the dogs are barking. They're trying to kill each other and they're trying to keep it so I can't hear it, which I don't. So I get on and I'm on set with Steve Harvey and it's Oprah's old studio. So I'm looking out and I see in the clusters, you know, like people sitting together, you know, groups in the crowd, and there's a lot of small children. And so I asked Steve, I said, is it spring break? He said, "Mm -mm." I said, 
I'm thinking, you know what? I'm thinking to myself, that's what's wrong with our country. There are people bringing their damn kids here. I mean, I like Steve Harvey, but you listen to a comedian. Asher should be in school. This is stupid. <laughs> and I'm just saying something to him. I said, don't you think it's always kind of weird that people, you know, like bring their children? And he goes, I don't know. I said, I do. I think it's weird. I said, their asses need to be in school. What's going on? He's probably dying inside. He is dying. Now, <laughs> to get an education, aren't you? Yes, yes. So um, I, as I'm sitting there, he said, um, well, so everybody can go to YouTube and see it. It's one of his most popular, popular shows. And so he says, um, uh, you know, there's some people here that want to thank you for what you do. And I'm thinking, okay, Oprah's going to jump out and give everybody a car and a dog. And, you know, we're going to do something. <laughs> Surely. And you and get I, a dog and you, you get, a, get dog, a dog and dog. So I keep <laughs> looking at these kids, you know, in the, and there's, I don't know, four or five just little groups of, you know, young children. And as, so I said, uh, oh, so he said, somebody's going to come out, you know, and they want to tell you how special you are. And the doors open. And it's all these, a lot of my cops with their dogs. And I think I'd only ever met one or two of them. So I had never met all those other people I had gifted. And some of them coming as far as like Washington State, uh, Kentucky, uh, Maine. I mean, they had driven from all of Alabama, Iowa. They had come from all over to say thank you. And now I'm ugly crying. Well, I look out into the crowd and those little children all held up signs that said, thank you for bringing my daddy home at night. Thank you for keeping my daddy alive. (gasps) I was like, you never have to go back to school ever again. (laughs) You shouldn't have to go to school if you don't want to. Oh, this is fantastic. And who led the uh, cops and the dogs out? Uh, Ted, of course, the one that told me he couldn't come because he had to like give the cat an enema or something. You lying sack of shit, Ted. (laughs) (laughs) If you're listening, Ted, I didn't really mean that. I was just playing along. So yeah, and and I've watched I've watched this video clip. You were not ugly crying. You were very gracious. That was it was uh, it's very heart wrenching to watch the the video. So yeah, we've got to post that on our site so everybody can see it. Yeah, it was great. I mean, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being you had no idea. Absolutely. I was a 15. Absolutely no clue. No clue. Uh, You know what surprised me more than anything else? A room with a bunch of cops and a bunch of dogs and a bunch of Belgian uh, dogs. Yeah. Yeah, And you couldn't hear them barking. I'm surprised that these things weren't going nuts. They were. They were telling me they were. They were going crazy. And they were just like, uh, yeah, they were clawing the walls and they're all stuck in there and, you know, they're all ass eating dogs. So they're all trying to kill each other and they've got no kennels. They've got, and they're shoved in this room together. And, and they said, when they told Ted, they said, well, she was so mad. She missed the first taping. He was like, I wanted to kill you. (laughs) And and I'm over there, I'm over there moping thinking he couldn't make it. Because just because he just didn't feel like it. And, you know, I'm that nobody cares. And then these kids hold up this. Oh, I was just at every turn, just ugly crying. 
Just I can imagine oh. Steve Harvey, just the sense of humor he has. His, and just for fun, we've hidden a bag of drugs under one of your seats and we're turning the dogs loose. Well, it's <laughs> funny because they gave a, um, they gave, they gave me a, it looks like a varsity jacket. And um, it, it, once a year he does this Harvey's hero that, you know, you're his hero and blah, blah, blah. And so it, it puts this, starts to reach in to get the jacket and one of the uh, mouths start growling at it. <laughs> And he's like, and he was so funny. He goes, uh-huh, it's always the black man. Uh-huh. <laughs> profiling, profiling. He was he's so hilarious. funny. He's hysterical. You know what, Morgan, you probably don't know this, but Steve Harvey is a native West Virginian. Oh, wow. He doesn't right. sound like it. Yeah. Yep. Well, he lost his accent. Who's from West Virginia? I went to high school and college there. Oh, uh, our friend Jimbo Fisher's from West Virginia. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's got to be a good man then. We're probably related somewhere along the way. Yeah. Line he's Doesn't that, he have some coaching struggles, he, though? He, no. <laughs> he won the national championship. I hope not. Oh, he has, okay. He has crab leg troubles. Remember, Jameis Winston ran off with a cab, crab leg? Yeah. Jameis Winston's had his troubles too. Um, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we digress. But so you're Harvey's heroes. I mean, you've gotten, like I said, uh, again, I'm not going to speak for you, but I would tell you, if it, being in that position, you can you can do all of these other things. But when you get little kids holding up signs saying "Thank you for bringing my daddy" or you know "Mommy home," you know, alive at night, how do you top? I mean, how do you top that? I don't know. I mean, that was like, and you know, I didn't want to go out there, which was so funny. I just didn't want to go out, and I I had a weird feeling. I didn't think that they were going to surprise me with something good. But I just had this weird feeling and I really didn't want to go out and because I just didn't, felt naked without my canine guys with me. So I was stopping Chicago officers in the street saying, hey, can you come on this show? We'll give you a dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the filming was in Chicago. Yes, yes. Well, you know, and, and I mean, we've done our research on it. You've gotten a whole lot more awards than that recognition that are all extremely well-deserved. Um uh, <laughs> It's just, you know, we would, we would, we'd take the next 15 minutes trying to describe all these. The funny, funny thing, a few years ago, um, I got an award from James Comey at the FBI. So I take my little canine and uh, Liza is, uh, I had a different one then, Daisy, but Liza is kind of my, goes along with me. And when I need to get an award or something, and she's kind of my, I call my show pony. You know, she gets up, has her picture made and does all this stuff. So anyway, we're up there. And so I go to the FBI um, the day before and we go through the whole, uh, you know, pop and circumstance of how, you know, this is going to be the color guard. This is this, this and that. And this is where you'll stand. And this is where Jim Comey is going to stand. And so they had his little face on the tape and, you know, everything's good. And they had stand-ins for him. Well, nobody told me he was seven feet tall. <laughs> That's a shorty. <laughs> I'm I'm not short. I mean, I'm five nine, but he is like he he really is. He's what six eleven. Yeah, he's very tall. Yeah, yeah, he's like six ten. Yeah. yeah, he says five five feet, uh, five feet twenty two inches. Is what yeah. he said. <laughs> okay, so we get up there, and so now I'm up on stage. And the lights are really, really bright. Like, you don't know if there's 100,000 people in the crowd. You don't know if there's two people in the crowd. Because it's just so bright, you can't see out. 
So um, he comes and he's standing next to me and he's holding this award he's going to give me in this box or whatever it was. And I'm, as he's getting a little closer, the end of the award is kind of pointed. It looks like a sphere. And he starts getting closer to me and my mouth is looking up and giving him the stink eye. Like, take one more step. Just see where they get to take one more step. <laughs> well, we had practiced it the day before. It wasn't as formal. In other words, they were like, okay, this is where the color guard comes out. Well, when that happened, now my mouth is hanging from the ceiling because there's bugle people, there's trumpet. I mean, it's just like it's on and there's cameras and it's flashing. It's a lot more intense than when oh, we yeah. practice it. So now here comes this seven foot tall guy with this sphere and we're on stage and, you know, there's a thousand people watching us. And so as he gets a little closer and he's kind of like going to bend down or he's kind of like hand it to me, the dog's between us. And he says, Hey, if I hand you this, your dog's not going to bite me. Is it? Because, I mean, she's getting pretty bothered and hollowed out. Like her, you know, the hair's standing up. She does oh, yeah. not like him being that close. And I said, <laughs> and my mic's on. And I said, only if I tell her, she said, she won't bite me, will she? And I said, only if I tell her that you, you didn't vote for Hillary. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That is fantastic. That's fantastic. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) And he's laughing so hard. And all you see is my eyes are huge. And he's looking straight down. Because, I mean, I'm I'm six feet tall in heels. And he's a whole foot taller than me. And he's looking down. And he's laughing. And he says, I don't give a shit who you are. He goes, that's funny. I'm like Larry Cable, I don't care who you are out there. That's yeah, funny right sad. there. That's and funny see, this right is, there. This is so appropriate. You got to understand DC politics to know how funny yeah. this is. And telling Jim Comey, as long as you didn't vote for Hillary, she won't <laughs> bite you. Yeah. <laughs> and then little did oh I know, a month gosh. later, he'd be thrown out. <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh! This is this is I haven't laughed this much in any interview we've done. This <laughs> well, I it's all started with the porn dog. The porn dog. <laughs> the porn dog. The porn dog. Porn dogs. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my. Hey, well, there I, we're gonna like I said link to everything. People can donate stuff, but I wanna I wanna also oh. talk about um a little bit more serious note. We gotta we gotta we gotta you know, even it out here, but, um, you've battled a lot of things. You've been attacked before, but there was something else that happened to you. And this is just within the last six months that was potentially life altering. No dog could have helped you. Um, nothing. I mean, and it was like, and believe it or not, people will listen to you and they'll say, Oh, you know, Hey, everything sounds fine until they find out that what is it about six months ago you had a stroke. Yes. I had a stroke and I had been suffering for the past year since the pandemic, you know, really is full thrown. And I, I've never had a cigarette in my life. I don't drink. Um, and I kept having these incredible headaches and it was hurting in my neck. And I just thought it must've been my pillow. <laughs> I told my husband that what's the pillow guy, the guy that, um, that Michael, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. so. Yeah. So my husband Mike said, Lindell, Mike Lindell, he said, 
that poor guy, he's going to get canceled. He said, I'm telling you, he's going to get canceled. We got to buy pillows from him to help him out. Well, we ordered these pillows and I kept thinking, these are the crappiest pillows. My neck is on fire. And anyway, I had five strokes in the carotid artery and I had one on the brainstem. How is it that you survived? I have no idea because I was having them in front of people and didn't know. And I was losing, uh, like I would go to say something and all the words would run together and I dropped something. I still had no, I had no paralysis in my face. So, I, but you know, I was, I remember sitting in the governor's office last May saying, does anybody have an aspirin? I just, oh my God, I'm dying. I just can't. So my neck is just killing me. And just, I thought, again, I had done something to damage the nerves in my neck and went to go get an MRI. And that's when they said, you've had massive stroke. What were the conditions that led up to it? Did they, did they give you an insight in terms uh, of how? Cops. I work with cops. Do cops, I need to say yeah. anything else? Cops. <laughs> no. I work not. with cops and my husband's in the oil business. So, we understand that. I mean, <laughs> we understand completely. And speaking of riding the highs and the lows in the oil business, oh yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, but but was there was, was it? But was it was it things related to stress? Uh, was there an underlying medical condition? No, nope. they said. Well, I do have a, a little thing. I do have a hole in my heart, but they said if they fix that the PFO, that it would only prevent the strokes from happening two to four percent. So I'm like, what bother? If it's my time, it's my time. So, well, how are you combating the strokes? Is there, are they giving you some kind of regiment? No, um, I just, you know, it was kind of like I take a baby aspirin every day now, which everybody should do, and less stress, which that's been the hardest part for me because, look, when the pandemic happened, um, you know, it's hard. it's hard for everybody, but for charities, it's really hard. So, you know, you're out there trying to raise money and people are worried, you know, if their kids have to wear masks in school right now, you know, they don't want to hear your story about active shooters or things like that. They're trying to just get their kids back in school. So it it's becomes a difficult, you know, atmosphere to raise money in. But but you guys also had a hell of a roller coaster because I remember reading a couple of articles to where your husband went all in with his business, his shares and everything, and then things tank. And yep. I remember one of the quotes that told me that no matter what, you were going to get your way. You said, you you said, I believe if I remember, <laughs> you said, I don't care if we live in a double <laughs> wide trailer, I'm going to make it the best double wide trailer on the damn block. Yeah. No, I said, I don't care if I move to a Mickey Gilly double wide, I'll have the first one photograph for Architectural Digest. <laughs> and that day, I remember Jim Jim Kramer on CNBC said, Mickey Gilly Double Wide is trending on Twitter. And we don't know. Nobody could figure out what a Mickey Gilly Double Wide was. Well, so what's the difference York. between a Double Wide and a Mickey Gilly Double Wide? Uh, I don't know. It's got like more payments, more XYs, more dogs, <laughs> more pickups. I don't know who Mickey Gilly is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, if you play a Mickey Gilly record backwards, you know what happens? You get your get dog you, back, you get your truck I, back, yeah. you get your wife back. Yeah. <laughs> There's I a said. joke, but I'm bummed. You're, you're doing phenomenal work in the charitable realm with Canines for Cops, Canines for Kids, but you guys aren't limited to that with your charitable work, are you? No. So what, what other else? charities are you supporting out there? Well, that was a leading question. Oh. You should follow on from that there, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Are you talking about Operation Safe Shield? 
I, I didn't know about that one, but now you got my interest. Okay, but but what was the one you were talking about? I'm talking about the uh, Children's Museum of Houston, Ambassador oh, for oh, the that, Texas yeah, yes, Children's yes. Hospital. Texas. Yes, I'm all those things. So when I first started this, I sat on 13 different boards, and because that's just what corporate wives did. And anyway, I decided to get off everything because I didn't feel comfortable with asking people for other, you know, other endeavors that this was what I was passionate about, but I stayed involved with the um, Texas Children's Hospital. We believe in that one. And of course, Texas A&M, but I started, um, we've had quite a few officers in Texas that have been shot through the windshield and it, I started digging around, you know, like, why is that happening? Why, you know? And so, um, I started talking with a good friend of mine and his name is Dr. Clifford Dorn and he's a veterinarian here at Texas A&M. And he said, um, you know, I want to do something as well. So we started an initiative and it's called operation safe shield. And we now outfit police cars with bulletproof glass. Wow. And um, we're just about to have our first fundraiser. So who's developing it for you? Um, we use a distributor here in uh, Texas, but it is, was invented out of, um, um, Spanish Fork, Utah, a company up there. Yeah. And I'll tell you one of the challenges, right. With creating bulletproof glass is if you've been in some of those vehicles and I know Murph, you have, you know, in Columbia, me too, mm -hmm. those, the, one of the challenges they're, they tend to be very thick and they have to be, doors have to be custom made and everything else. So how do you overcome that? What we're doing, this is a film that goes on top of the, um, the existing glass, windshield, existing the existing windshield, glass. So you're not making it any thicker. They can, from inside the vehicle, they can shoot out, but it cannot be penetrated in. Wow. So the film goes on the outside of the window. Yes. Yes. I got to get me some of this, man. <laughs> Now, do, so do the windshield wipers don't? No, it stays very, very thin. They bake it from, I guess, maybe it's treated on both sides, and they just cure it. And I will tell you, why is it important to be able to shoot out? Because if you go back to episode eight, 17 seconds of hell with our buddy Mike Neal, my buddy from the Arkansas yeah. Game and Fish, that's how he took out the two sovereign citizens was with his Bushmaster AR-15 firing through the windshield after they'd already shot and killed two West Memphis police officers and just wounded two more cops. He said, this has got to stop and it's got to stop here. And he's shooting through the windshield. So if you haven't listened to that episode, that is 17 seconds of hell, man. That is a, th th this, this will make your hair stand on end and get goosebumps like this episode has done. But I tell you what, I was, I was sort of paying attention until you said porn dog. And then after that, it's like, I've been totally riveted. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm riveted from the beginning, man. Uh... Let me see what else we got here about you. Uh, nah, 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 nah. What do you do for for fun? For fun, yeah. we don't have time. Well, well that's what we got to know. You got to reduce. You the need stress to reduce your, your stress. Yes, Murph and I are thinking exactly. <laughs> reduce your stress. You got to hang around. You mean when the cartel isn't pissed off at me, chasing me down? Um, I I am in the quarter horse breeding business, and I have a stallion, and his name is Epic Leader, and um, we breed performance horses and race horses. No, if I remember right, you were on a podcast out of Canada yes. uh, with some ladies who uh, I, I was, again, just to let you know, we do our research. You know, I was listening uh, to the podcast, eh? We've had some Canadians <laughs> on, eh? But uh, that was interesting because it was interesting to hear you talk about something 
like that and still hear the passion in your voice because man when you get behind something there there is no um there's no sorta and the name christy i mean it's it's you're you're all in or you're all out there's like no in between well i'm very very passionate about you know it leaves me in awe people that get up every day and do a job that they expect no recognition for and that is first responders cops firemen's firemen, EMT, farmers, teachers. I mean, if we let our country fall apart and and keep going that the route that it's been going, um, I don't know what's going to happen, but these are the people that we need to elevate and make sure that they have the tools that they need because they're forming our future or they're either saving our lives. Very well said. So now you've piqued our interest on something else. Let's let's talk about the cartel hitman. What's going on with this? Uh-huh. Um, well, who do we gotta get? Do I gotta call my buddy Dominic Polifron? Do we gotta get some guys involved here? You know, because I know some guys. Steve knows some guys. You know, what do you need from us? Uh, money. I always need money for dogs. Uh, let's <laughs> Spoken see. like a true fundraiser. <laughs> I have dogs along the border, and you know, I can. I get to the point now. I've got terabytes upon terabytes of like all the pictures and the videos and when i look at some of these it just it makes it makes my skin just the hair stand on edge when i see these politicians playing the border and talking about you know either there is a problem there isn't a problem yes there's a problem at the border and i we put we post a lot of what we get our seizures on like our Facebook page and our Instagram for canines for cops, but they don't, politicians don't want to recognize what's coming through. This is why we can't get help. They don't want to recognize what's coming through our, our, our borders. And, you know, it's like, I tell my guys at the border, look, if, if you get a load of um, 500 pounds of crap weed, I promise you 5,000 pounds of hydroponic just walk, went by you and filling out the paperwork. I mean, they have a whole system down there that will never. And I've look, I've watched the cartel at the racetrack. They're in the horse industry, too. I mean, I see them there as well. And you can't even begin to fathom. And this is what's coming. And this is what's infiltrating our country. Don't even get me started on the ports. The ports are completely they're unattended to unattended to and you know i tell these people that are running for office that come to me like they're going to get some re-endorsement that what are you going to do about our ports what are you going to do to get well if i'm elected you help me get elected i'll make sure that your dogs never go without okay well you make sure now and then we'll talk about it (laughs) put up or shut up right uh, but yeah, but the cartel, um, I've gotten a few love notes from them. Um, you know, just, I, I had to laugh. One of my guys, uh, Randy, my canine handlers, that's, he's just a badass. He says, um, there, there was a hit out on him and it was $20,000. And I said, $20,000. So that's nothing. I said, I can't believe that. I said, I'd be embarrassed. I wouldn't even tell anybody $20,000. I said, you've taken a billion dollars worth of their their dope and 20,000, 
is all they're going to put up for getting rid of you. And he says, well, I wasn't going to say anything. But now that you won't let it rest, all they were going to give for the lady that gave me the dog was a Groupon coupon. (laughs) (laughs) My, how, how we have sunk. I'm only worth a coupon. How much were you worth in Columbia, Steve? Yeah. Uh, There's a $300,000 price tag on our head. Yeah. A Groupon coupon. Groupon coupon. I stopped teasing I him. It. I stopped teasing him after that. Well, uh, man, you know, I don't think you're short for words, but <laughs> I bet no. you were after that. No, I was. I was. And you know, every every region, every department, every everything has its own story. I mean, has its, uh, you know, what they're dealing with, and I, I'm having uh, school buses that come over that have heroin or fentanyl, you know, hidden in the seats. These are, they have kids on board. And it's like, what do you want to wait for? These people to show up at your door? I mean, they're here. And we're not doing anything. Those people are real scuzz buckets. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I can see from all the data that I keep, and the photos and the pictures, you know, the, they imprint their their dope. I mean, it's almost like a brand that they they put on there. And so you'll know where it's coming from. And, you know, I tell my guys, look, we have a lot of China white coming through. And so keep your eye out for this um, or liquid meth or whatever. If you'd have thought, if I, if someone had told me those are going to be words said by you 25 years ago. <laughs> keep keep uh, keep your eyes peeled for China White and liquid meth, kids. Well, even 10 years ago, you know, as you get your PhD in canineology and everything else, and talking like say China White, liquid meth, here's what we're doing here. I mean, let me ask kind of a philosophical question. Had it not been for the attack, had it not been for seeing the the news article, I mean, these are a lot of what ifs, right? But had it not been for those things, would you have found a way to get involved with something like this? I mean, you seem like driven to do something other than just quarter horses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but I mean, I sat on a lot of different boards. So, I mean, I did other things beside this. Would I have started this on my own? And probably not. But that's the whole thing. It, 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 there, When you look at, when you look at things, you know, technologies that have been invented or stuff, it's like, I hate to use the example like Uber, but the guys who invented Uber did it because they were standing there one time because they couldn't get a taxi when they wanted it, where they wanted it. And they go, gee, wouldn't it be great if we had an app that did this? And then Uber pops up, you know? And mm-hmm. so it takes somebody with that's gone through some kind of pain and yours was the worst kind of pain. I mean, you were attacked. And then it's the emotional pain of, of being able to empathize with somebody and see that their dog is how much it meant to them and to do something like this. So, I mean... Look, there's all sorts of people who do things in this world, but very few of them do what you've done, which is you've done something about it. I mean, it's, you, you just didn't sit there right. and do hashtag, oh, hashtag, hate to see this happen. I mean, you said hashtag, fuck this shit. Let's do something about it. I'm having a software built right now to, you know, calculate all of our contraband because the DEA pissed me off because it wouldn't get off their ass and do what they said they were going to do. And they wouldn't uh, help Murph. me. Murph, we need you to make a call. Got to make a hey, call. Yeah. So are I left these and it mo- went to hell. <laughs> so are these motivating factors? Absolutely. Absolutely. Would I have probably started this on my own if I hadn't had? No, because I wouldn't have had that motivating factor. Well, you know what, Christy? I I'm, I'm don't believe in coincidence. Uh, I don't really believe in luck. I think things happen for a reason. Extremely sorry that you had to go through an attack on your on you 
uh, by some piece of shit that should never get out of prison the rest of his life. But all of these factors coming together have led to where you are right now. And, and the reason we're talking to you today, the, the purpose of our podcast is to show the world what really goes on in law enforcement. And you're doing that. And, and I love what the way Morgan said, you didn't just sit by and say somebody ought to do something. You stepped up and you freaking did it. And you're continuing to do that. So, you know, we don't have Harvey's heroes. You can be uh, Murph and Morgan's heroes. <laughs> uh, you're a hero in our freaking eyes. I'll tell you oh, that. You're, you're you. queen of game. Of, we'll call you queen of game of crimes to go with queen of the internet. But I will tell you, you epitomize a principle that was created, believe it or not, back in 1829, uh, I believe it was. Sir Robert Peel was the father of the London Metropolitan Police Department. And uh, he was also the father of modern community policing. And one of the principals said the police are the public and the public are the police. The police being the only members of society paid to give full time and attention to duties which are otherwise incumbent upon everybody. And you've taken that principle of community policing, which you said, look, I'm not the police, but I am the public. And just together, like the police, we both have a duty to keep people safe, to keep our community safe. You do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. But when we do our thing together... The sum of the whole is greater than the parts. And I think what you've done is you've had a disparate, you've went through a lot of shit, but the impact you've had has been far greater than the impact to you. And that's a testament to you to say, I could have let this define me, but you didn't. You took it and you made a huge, much bigger impact for everybody else. I just think about the number of lives that have been saved from the drugs not getting in there or the felons being caught before they could hurt somebody, taking dope money off the street so it can't go to buy more dope. Um, getting hearing aids because the dogs are really loud. The dog's telling you shut up. <laughs> the bullshit meter just went off. Okay. I got a feeling they could eat us through the cameras if they wanted to. So when, Christy, when we come to your house to visit, are we going to get bit? No, no, no. You won't get bit. You won't get bit. As long as we didn't vote to- for Hillary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my uh, god! I don't know where that came from, but oh my god, I was I was like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. That's <laughs> hilarious. It's hilarious. It didn't, we know what shows Comey does have somewhat of a, a sense of humor. He's oh, not he the most hysterical. popular guy, but I know, I know, he's not. <laughs> he was hysterical. He was like, okay, there's a secret prize if you can take a selfie and fit us both in it. I'm like, you can't take a picture. A selfie with a person seven feet Wait tall. Wait a minute. It's impossible. Aren't we talking to the person who snuck into Anna Nicole Smith's funeral? Yes. You, come on, please. Don't tell me that can't you be can done. find a way. You can find a way. It can be done, but it's not the most flattering angle. I need you somebody know. to just bend over. I need to step up on you. Yeah. Well, because my my arm's not going to be longer than his. I mean, his. No, you, you, know. you hold your camera low and you shoot high. Well, that's what I ended up doing. Yeah, there you go. I said it wasn't the most flattering. Flattering? Yeah. Now, there's one more thing I'd like to get clarification on here, because you made a comment earlier about when they make a movie about you, whether it's Charlize Theron or or Angelina (laughs) Jolie. Are are you telling us something here? No, 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 no. You know, though, do you all follow Yellowstone? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not yet, but that's on my list. I'm holding for Taylor Sheridan to write something about Uh, Oh, let me tell you what. I love him. Oh. Let me tell you what, that, that not only is that a great series, you know, watched everything, it's like so many memes have come out of this. It's like, you know, hey, maybe I ought to take you to the train station. Right, you know? exactly. <laughs> Beth uh, oh, yeah. a great show? So I actually was watching also, uh, wow, who's is 
Nobody better attack you. Here's here's no, proof. Nobody attack. 1883 with Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. That has been set the the origin story for uh, Yellowstone. I was surprised at how good acting Tim's always done good Isaac Spice, but the the daughter, she right. is I think I think the best actor in the whole thing on 1883. I agree, and he's got quite a few spinoff shows coming off of that. Well, now Kevin Costner just signed, I think, a three-part deal with Fox Nation, I think it is, to do the history. The 150th anniversary of Yellowstone's coming up, so they're going to do a three-part series on the history of that. By the way, Costner owns uh, a reputed owner at one time did a little out here in Loudoun County, Virginia, had a place up in Waterford. Um, very tony, very rich, you know, big uh, area. He had a had a ranch out there. Robert Duvall's got a ranch uh, over here by Upperville, just outside Loudoun County, so... Yeah, well, you know, hey, we rub shoulders every now and then with the uh, used to be rich and sort of famous. And y'all got Eric Prince out there, right? Eric Prince is in Virginia. Isn't he Virginia? Eric Prince. Yeah. Uh, you talking about Blackwater? Yeah. Yeah. How um, far are you from Blackwater? Um, it depends. Depends on what name they're going under this week. So, uh, uh, yeah. Frontier <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're a lot of the, actually, I just went to some training this last weekend. Um, some guys, former special forces did a whole day pistol course. Uh, and some of these guys had connections back in the day to Blackwater. They got out, they were force recon Marines, Ranger types. And, uh, was a hell of a pistol course when you get to be my age and they tell you, Hey, now get down on your knees in the gravel here and shoot underneath this thing. It's like, yeah. fuck that shit. Give me a grenade. I'm not <laughs> shooting anything. <laughs> That's right. That or a machine gun. A machine gun. Yeah. Hey, say hello to my little friend. So, Hey, look, <laughs> we're, we're going to, what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to do a follow-up with you because what we want to do is get some stories. And I think what we'll do is we'll do a special where we get some of the stories. So we'll prep you for it, but we want to get four or five stories of the seizures. And you know what we'd love to do? And you're going to help us do this because I'm I'm just telling you, you're going to, because you can make the guys do this. We want to get a couple of your guys on Absolutely. an episode here. Oh, yeah. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, I can get, um, yeah, I can get, I got my guys. I, I already know who. And to our listeners that are listening to this, give us your feedback that you want to hear these stories because, you know, Christy's she's willing to, to call in some markers here with the cops that. that oh, she's are, not calling in markers. These are Christy's kids. You know, these are like, <laughs> you're going to do. That's true. Remember, yeah. she doesn't ask Christy's, anymore. It's like, you're going to get your reports in on time, damn it, or I'm going to take your dog away. <laughs> there you go. Um, there you go. Yes, I will get them on. And, and, but these are guys doing it on the front line. I mean, these are the guys that. Look, when you're looking at $140 million worth of raw fentanyl and knowing that something like you could kill three times the size of Texas, I couldn't get the news channel to run this. I mean, because they're afraid to, to, you know, scare people like that. You, you take the world as you find it, not as you wish it was. And the fact is, is this fentanyl is coming across the border. The fact is, the amount that's coming across. We had an episode with Sherry Oz, a special agent in charge of the DEA field office there, runs all of uh, Arizona down in Phoenix. You talk about the amount of pills and fentanyl they have coming across the border every single day and how many people that could kill. If the public only knew how many people could be dead had it not been for the great work of these professionals in law enforcement, yep. they would shit their pants. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. One more person I want to recognize here before you go, Christy, is uh, Mr. David Buchalter. He's the one that uh, yes. David made our is introduction one of my here. best friends. I love him so much. I love he and his beautiful family and his gorgeous wife and kids and he is just one of my favorite. I love David. He is uh, an agent to the stars. I know he's y'all's agent. 
And um, he, I met him through my dear friend, Marcus Luttrell, uh, 15 years ago. And I have been bugging David on a regular basis ever since. And he's kind enough to sit on my board. And he's just one of the smartest, most gracious, fairest people I've ever known. Agent to the stars and agent to the little people as well. He's, uh, and for our listeners, David Buchalter is our, our senior VP at Greater Talent Network, which is the primary speakers bureau that we use. Um, so love the guy. He's been very good to us. Been very, I, I can't thank him enough for introducing you to us. Yeah. Yeah. He's outstanding. I'm his biggest fan. We could we could keep going on and on, but I'm afraid of the dogs. They're they're, they're, getting, they're getting they need their mama time. They need they their Christie time. <laughs> and now like I don't want to hear that either. <laughs> I don't know mm. what. But hey, but you know, here's what we're going to do. Again, we're going to get a couple of your uh, kids on. In fact, give us if you if you have a girl out there, if you have a guy yes, out there, I yeah, let's let's mix it up. We want to hear. We want it. We love doing these because we want the different perspectives. And let's do that, and we'll have you back on. But hit, this is people can't see this, but this is me saluting you, saying, "Man, it's been an honor. It's been great to have you on." Well, Absolutely, thank you. and it's it's uh, uh you, well, I've already called you a Murphy Morgan hero. That it, you don't get a higher compliment than that, Christy. God bless you for everything you're doing. We know it's not just you. This involves your entire family. So God bless your husband and your children. Um, can't wait to meet you in person sometime. That's well, something I'm really going to look forward to. I look forward to it, to it as well. And I'm getting the, I already know the people I'm going to choose and the great team we're going to put together and uh, come and bring it back to the show. All right. Sweet. So when we meet, no dogs. Sorry. Okay. No dogs. No dogs. <laughs> I want to meet them. I want to meet these dogs. Uh, I, I'll meet them at a distance. I just don't want to be, I don't want to be dinner. Uh, so, hey, everybody, this has been great. Everybody stay tuned now for the debrief. If I had told you somebody who was a Playboy Playmate would be um, liked by a lot of cops, that would be the understatement of the year, right? (laughs) But, you know, but the the thing is what I thought was she didn't let one thing define her, not the attack, a very serious attack. You know, this this guy, piece of shit, just attacked women. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what she talked about reading that book, The Gift of Fear, I've read it. It's just it's so important that women read that book, Gavin DeBecker's The Gift of Fear. But just to, to to your point, Steve, to see what she's done, she she leads a life of privilege, and well, I mean, she doesn't have to do this. Right. She could be a Texas socialite, but the impact she's had, the drugs seized, and like I said, when you hear Randy Tuman's episode coming up, and you hear about the amount of drugs just at one handler and one dog take off the streets at a time, I, I can't tell you. You know, you don't want to over dramatize it, but Steve, the, the, definitely lives have been saved because these dogs are out there. Absolutely. And just like you said, Morgan, the fact that she was attacked, so many people would let that define the rest of their life that would would cause them to live a life of fear. And this lady didn't. She made the best of a situation. Of course, it's a horrible situation. The piece of shit that attacked her deserves to spend the rest of his life in prison, in my opinion. But uh, the other thing I love about her is that she, she just took the bull by the horns when she saw a need you know, and nobody else was feeling that need. And she didn't care who you were. You're the governor of Texas. You're Mark Cuban. It doesn't matter who you are. She's going to give you a call and say, here's what I need. And here's the reason I need it. And you need to pony up. And these people that's, are. That's, that's right. the cool Especially thing. If you go to the Red Cross, make sure you give your 68 gallons of blood. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's so funny. But I also uh, love the attitude that her husband has. What does he think about 300 men having their wife, having his wife on speed dial? I just, I love that. That's funny. One strong man. But anyway, hopefully if you guys like that, which you should have loved this. And like I said, we have a whole series because of this. We're going to do a whole series. We're going to spread it out. But we've got four of these handlers. They do different things. Drug, tracking, kids, canine for, uh, canines for kids. So we're going to have a series of these come out uh, now over the spring, you know, going into the summer. So we're going to have some additional stories. So if you like, we've got five, five, <laughs> yeah. five, five stories. Let me tell you, when you say she's connected, she knows Mark Cuban. She just could have got rehired and got her stock options, you know, there retroactively. You She'd yep. be doing good. But anyway, hey, guys, if you like that, hit us up. Apple, Spotify, five stars. Tell us what you think. And, you know, get on our Facebook page, things like that. Leave us comments. Let us know what you think. Head on over to GameOfCrimesPodcast.com for more information about the shows. A lot of great pictures that that Christy provided to us. Uh, follow us again on the social media at Game of Crimes on Twitter. Let us give us your comments there. Game, Game of Crimes Podcast on Facebook and the Instagram. But you got to go to PayPal. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I'll get to that. I almost got ahead of myself. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> PayPal.com. Use our email, GameOfCrimesPodcast at gmail.com or PayPal.me slash GameOfCrimes, whatever it makes it easier. But you got to go to patreon.com slash game of crimes. I'm telling you, I got some I got some tricky ones coming up for you, Murph. You, this last one, this last 911, you know, kind of on the edge. It was tough. And you're right. You know, needed a little bit more context. It yep. took them a few days to put this together. Yeah. Um, but if you think that one was tough, I got some doozies coming. So <laughs> the only way you folks are going to hear what the doozies are is you got to go to patreon.com slash game of crimes. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Well, occasionally. And this time you're right. Now, you won't hear me say that very often. <laughs> hey, but listen to everybody, too. Check out Canines for Cops and Canines for Dogs to find out more about what Christy Schiller's up canines to. Canines for Kids. I'm sorry. What did I say? <laughs> what are we canines giving a dog dogs? to a dog? <laughs> are we giving a dog a dog? Hey, dog, you need a dog? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe need a cat. Canines for Kids. Sorry. Canines for Cops. Yeah, canines for cops, and it's it's all the links are in the show notes. But make, but the other nice. thing too is like Christy says, we said, what can we do for you? Hey, support, you know, donate. So if you guys, you know, want to do that, if you can part with a little of the uh, greenbacks, just to help a help a worthy cause out. So anyway, guys, we want to say thank you once again for joining us. Thank you once again for playing this thing of ours we call the biggest, baddest, most dangerous game of all, the Game of Crimes. 